This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hello? Honey? Uh, are you at the club? Yes. <laughs> I'm at the mall now and I found this beautiful leather coat. It's only a thousand. Can I get it? Well, sure, if you like it that much. Okay, um, I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership and saw the new model. You know, the one I really like. How liked. much? A hundred and twenty. Well, at that price, I want it with all the options. Great! Oh, and, and one more thing. The house we wanted last year is back on the market. They're, they're asking 1.5. We'll make them an offer. But come in at uh, 1.4. Okay, bye. Um, does anybody know whose phone this is? Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're talking Black Friday tech. What hot new tech could be in your home this holiday season? What new whiz-bangs should you avoid? Today we welcome back Bridget Carey from CNET to talk us through what's hot and what's not. Plus, thinking about going big and buying a car this holiday season? We'll talk to automotive expert Carl Brower from iccars.com about which cars best hold their value. Probably an El Camino, hashtag spoiler, or not, we'll see. Joe and OG will save time to cast out the Haven Lifeline to August from Seattle, who has a question about disability insurance. He works a desk job. Does he still need this type of insurance? And I'll get techie with my trivia. And now, two guys who are about as techie as your grandma... It's Joe and O J J J J G. I know how to use the Googler. I think my AOL works as well as the next guy's. Come on. You're a big fan of the uh, the noise that AOL makes I, when it's downloading. Yeah, uh, it's your 56 kilobytes of data am i the only one who falls asleep to that like i have it on replay this <laughs> i remember by the way that and by the way across the card table from me mr tech geek himself the og hanging out sup well i'll tell you i i do remember i feel like len penzo telling an old guy story here at the beginning of the show but do you remember you'd click the aol button 
you'd make sure that it made that noise so your modem was working correctly. And then I go get my coffee because I knew it was going to be a good 15 minutes until everything would be loaded up on my screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just took a little you break. Watched, you watched the picture download, like top to bottom. <laughs> a little bit at a, t- a little bit at a time. Hey, and are you ready to pay off your student loans? Well, we thought so. You can get your custom repayment plan today and see how you can lower interest rates, decrease monthly payments, and find forgiveness by heading to studentloanhero.com. That's studentloanhero.com. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. We're talking tech today on the show, OG. We've got Bridget Carey. How many years has Bridget Carey done this with us? Seven? Eight? I remember when I first reached out, I thought, you know, Bridget Carey, my favorite nerd from CNET, uh, there's no way she'd come on the show. And I remember writing her an email out of the blue and Bridget said, yeah, of course I'll do it. And uh, it has been really cool having Bridget tell us about the top tech. And if you've never heard Bridget Carey or seen her CNET videos, where have you been? Uh, But you're going to hear her on today's show. But first, we've got some headlines. So let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. Our first headline comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. Ever heard of that publication? No. Could take off someday. With a name like that, could take off someday. Uh, It's written by Caitlin McCabe and Mishka Frankel-Duval. You know, when we had that, we talked on Monday about the Pfizer CEO and about him cashing in on the big payday and about how that was just good and legal planning. Well, there was some bad stuff happening at the same time on the day a couple of weeks ago when stocks surged. Popular trading platforms sideline users with technical difficulties Uh-oh. as stocks surge. And I know what people are thinking. If you've listened to the show before, like, oh, Joe going on a Robin Hood rant. Well, no. Joe goes on rants from time to time? No. I say it ain't so. Robin Hood, in this case, not the culprit. So I am capable, OG, of doing headlines about other companies that might have messed up. And in this case, it looks like some of the big boys messed up. Uh, they Did you hear about this? Schwab, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty, uh, pretty well. Customers of popular online brokerages struggled to trade from their accounts on that big Monday, sidelining many investors who hope to capitalize on an exuberant market rally that set stocks soaring. Companies across the investment landscape from titans such as Charles Schwab to newcomers like Webull said they had technical glitches as morning trading kicked off. Several of the platforms attributed the problems to extreme trading volumes and activity as investors rushed to buy and sell shares. Among the companies that received reports of login issues or slowness were Vanguard, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and Webull. Even Discord, the messaging platform that many individual investors use to swap trading ideas, experienced a, quote, brief disruption in service, the company said. Now, to kick off this, it is bad news that all of these companies were not able to let people trade. But let me ask you, OG, as a guy who's been doing this for a long time, I'm sure on that Monday, you were sitting at your computer trying to place as many trades as possible to get in on the action, right? I was day trading the heck out of it. Yeah. My uh, binary option strategy was really, really uh, falling apart when I wasn't able to. Uh, I did notice it actually, because there were some slowdowns in our technology, but 
it didn't really impact anything for us. I do wonder, I wonder on a day when the market is going crazy, why somebody would choose to trade on that day. Because I feel like, especially if you're a fundamental trader, you're going to get caught up in the exuberance. There's going to be irrational pricing for a little bit. I mean, sometimes the market takes a little bit to come to its senses, right? And on a day when everybody's going hallelujah and throwing cash at it, for me, that's the last day I want to trade. Well, that's the difference, right? The difference you're talking about is investing versus trading. If you're trading, you'd like those days. You'd love those volatile kind of extreme 95% days where it's, where it's testing the limits of the daily volatility, because that's how you can make money trading. If you're trying to make money investing, it doesn't matter what price you get, because we all know that the outcome is determined long in advance. It's determined 20 years ago, as long as you put the money in 20 years ago and let it sit there. That's super boring. But the, uh, the trading stuff, that's fun and exciting. It's like sports or gambling. The difference between a good day and a great day, you're saying, you're saying 20 years from now, that two points, three points, whatever it ends up being pretty irrelevant. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Over a long time. Yeah. But what about these trading platforms having issues with extreme trading? I mean, now it's not just Robinhood that, uh, that we, we can poke fun at. Looks like some big names in this mix had trouble. Well, there's just a big article that I read. Not a big article. CNBC doesn't do any big articles, but, uh, Kramer was talking about how, uh, because of all the free trading, and, and we highlighted this several months ago, that there's there's kind of a shift going on right now from, you know, things being run by, you know, that mutual fund indexing type of belief system to new investors, and we see this in the data, right? We see in the in the data, new investors are more stock owners than baby boomers or Gen Xers. Millennials have more stock ownership or, you know, at this time in their life, right. Than than others. So it's kind of an interesting shift because of the fact that it's all free. It's there's, you know, you can see all those wins on online and, you know, nobody talks about the fact that they lost a hundred thousand dollars trading stocks. They only talk about the fact that they won a hundred thousand or made a hundred thousand trading stocks. So you see all the wins, you see none of the losses. There's no barrier to entry anymore. You can open the app and have an account and start trading in six minutes. So we're seeing more and more of that kind of behavior, which obviously isn't good for being a long-term investor. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see as we see more of these uh, heavy days, maybe if these investing platforms keep up. And, and I have a feeling that, you know, for some of these big companies, you learn your lesson by having the problem happen once, hopefully for all of us. Well, I don't know if you guys have seen this commercial, but uh, have, have you seen the his and hers car commercial where uh, the gentleman buys his wife a GMC truck, one for him, one for her? Well, if you're wondering about maybe the right car to buy or the wrong car to buy, we got the guy for you today on my dad's shortwave radio. It's our friend Carl Brower from iccars.com. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Great to be on with you. Well, this is definitely a time. I don't know about giving people cars as gifts, Carl, or if you've ever done that, but you guys did a great study about some cars holding their value better than others. Yeah, I think depreciation is a huge part of what a vehicle costs you in every sense of that word cost. The average person may not consider as much as they should because it's so expensive. A lot of people think about insurance, gas, registration, maintenance, 
But if you added all those up, it typically would not equate to the same thing that a vehicle's lost value will cost you over the first five years. But you can moderate that if you buy the right car. You can somewhat impact that and reduce that number. Well, and I also hear, you know, colloquially that a lot of that depreciation happens the second you drive it off the lot if you buy it new. Have you found that to be true as well? That is true. I mean, once a car isn't considered a new car, it's been titled by someone and it's owned by someone, even if it was just for a very short time, we're talking days or weeks, it's already not a new car in anyone else's mind. And so it's going to take a big hit right there. If it's the right car, you can come back. If you have to sell for some reason shortly after you buy and you've picked the right car up in the first place, you can get much more of your money back than you would if you bought the wrong car. Okay. Now we got everybody's attention. They're leaning into their devices. They're on the morning walk. What's the wrong car to buy the one that loses the most depreciation? So at the top of the list, if you're a buyer for these kind of luxury cars is the BMW seven series. Now, people are like, well, why does it lose so much money? And it's got two strikes against it. It's a luxury vehicle. Those tend to lose money more rapidly than non-luxury vehicles. And it's a car. And right now, I'm sure all your listeners are aware, trucks and SUVs are the hot ticket. Cars are not. So when you're a luxury car versus, say, a volume brand mainstream SUV, which we'll talk about in a second on on the low depreciation side that's when you're going to lose a lot of money. And in the first five years, that car loses $73,686, which if you think uh, five years is 60 months and you do some division, that's over $1,200 a month wow. that, that car is losing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I see the crazy. Audi A6 is here, a Maserati. So based on what you're saying, not surprising. A couple Mercedes, the E-Class, the S-Class further down, a Lincoln, the MKZ on the list. What, what I am surprised to see at number three here, though, is the Nissan Leaf. Tell me why, why that would lose so much value. So electric cars have it tough because they often come with either a $7,500 federal credit or something between $1,000 and $2,500 state credit. And that isn't included in like the depreciation calculation. In other words, if you buy a $40,000 car and it's got $30,000 worth of incentives from government uh, tax breaks, that $10,000 comes right off the top of the car that you pay. You really only pay 30000 And if you sold it a couple weeks later and you sold it for 28000 you only lost $2,000. But the way the calculation's done, that car lost $12,000 oh, in yeah, the first yeah. few weeks. So that's where uh, electric vehicles can really take a hit uh, from the pure calculation, even though the actual money you spent may not be as severe. Well, let's move over to the other side then, the lowest depreciation. Who's on top of that list? So if you buy a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, which is the four-door version, that vehicle loses only 30% of its value over a five-year depreciation. Again, that compares to 72.6% for that seven series. So it's well under half uh, and it loses $12,000. So that's over 60 months. Uh, Obviously a much smaller number when you take uh, 60 divided by 12,000 versus uh, 60 divided by 72,000. So a much lower cost. And then the Wrangler non-four-door version, the the two-door version is number three and the Tacoma Tacoma sits in between them. So you got, again, SUVs and trucks with, you know, really iconic styling and or a really dependable brand name. So based on everything that you've said, I get all those, Carl, but here sitting at number four, you just talked about luxury cars. We got the Porsche 911 at, at number four holding its value. What's that all about? Uh, people love their 911s and the 911, kind of like the Unlimited, uh, sorry, like the Wrangler Unlimited and the Jeep Wrangler. These are cars that look basically the same for most of the last 50 years. Uh, so you can buy a five-year-old 911 and people aren't sure if you bought a five-year-old one or a brand new one because they look very similar, just like the uh, the Wrangler. So that also helps hold up the values. They just, the vehicles don't appear to age, at least in terms of styling. Yeah, very classic car. In fact, 
we've seen some numbers from these old cars, like 30, 40 years old of 911s that really meant people selling those for a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. They just, they just, people love those cars. And I was fortunate enough to have a brief time period where I owned one myself and uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I had to get rid of it because I was getting another car that was even crazier and stuff and I (laughs) needed the money, but I, that car would have never left under normal circumstances. I loved my 911. Is that the downside of working for a place like I see cars where you, uh, you just see so many cool cars that you just, you're always diving into the next one? it's a definite love hate thing, right? You're a car guy, you're an enthusiast. So you want to be around cars all the time, but then you also suffer from the, you know, Oh, I haven't had one of those yet. The, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, malady that a lot of us car enthusiasts do. And so they're, they're just like candy being thrown in your face constantly. Exactly. Well, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if you didn't tell our fans here about iccars.com for people that might not know about the site. Sure. You know, it's a great listing site because it basically has all the listings for cars. Now, a lot of people, a lot of sites have listings, but I see cars is they call it a car search engine because it aggregates all the other ones. I've had people tell me they could find two or three versions of maybe a unique rare car on any other one listing site. They come to I see cars and they find 10 or 11. So if you're really trying to get a look at all the sites listings and not having to go to five or six different traditional sites out there, if you just go to I see cars, you're likely to see all of them in one space. Carl, we'll link to iccars.com for our people out walking the dog or on their commute. If anybody still commutes, we'll, we'll share our link yeah. at, at, to iccars at stackybedjamins.com and also to this study. Good work, my friend. Happy uh, holiday week here to you. Great talking to you, Joe. You take care. Big thanks to Carl for stopping by. So, OG, you've seen the commercial. You buy Mrs. OG, the his and her uh, GMC trucks? Uh, no, but I am proud to know that I have been number one and number two on this list. <laughs> but what's great about your purchases is I think knowing the way that you bought these cars, that you took advantage of the fact that the depreciation was pretty high off the lot. Yeah, I uh, let somebody else take it for most of the way. And I did see I get a car magazine and on the bottom of the list working its way up was a 911 a Porsche. I was just telling my wife, I said, we should get into race cars because I just saw in this magazine, a 1984 911 was for sale for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. I said, that's a 40 year old car for a hundred grand. That's, that's pretty good. She goes, yeah, but it only has like 6,000 miles on it. I said, well, you know, there's that. We wouldn't be able to drive it for the next half century, but in, but it in looked pretty century, over in the quarter. Great. Yeah. So she said, no. Does it surprise you that there's so many luxury brands on that list of depreciation on one side, but the 911 is over on the other side? Mm, no, not really, because it's so much about the upgrades and the and all the options and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't cost $4,000 to put a stereo in your car, but they can charge $4,000 to put a stereo in your car. Because the people aren't that buy it aren't price sensitive. It's someone... We'll pay for it. That's right. Yeah. They want to have that vehicle. Big thanks again to Carl. And as we mentioned, we'll have uh, a link to their study on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com for everybody out there who's going new car shopping on Black Friday. Oh man, I got the Tums sitting right here. We can send along some Tums with you when you go new car shopping. Hey, before we get to our takeaways, do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. Good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save 
It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Something I've heard a lot about lately, OG, is people who are talking about not paying off their student loans because they think there is uh, forgiveness or a wipeout coming. Pay, pay your bills and never, ever, ever, ever wait for the government to do something because history has shown that what's talked about and what actually happens often, very often, two different things. Instead, get yourself a plan with your student loans. If you're ready to pay off your student loans and you're looking at either refinancing, lower payments, forgiveness, whatever it is, you want to know more, you're looking for quizzes or calculators, you're wondering what products are out there that are maybe better than what you were considering, or you're starting your student journey either for yourself or a loved one, and you're not sure where to start, a great place to start is studentloanhero.com because it has all of those, including pieces on the six best banks to refinance and consolidate student loans this year, everything you need to know about what's going on with the COVID-related plans and also income-based repayment. They also have the ultimate guide to lowering your student loan payments as I mentioned earlier, quizzes, calculators, all the products on student loans. So if you're trying to not just have debt like a lot of people have, but to have a strategy on how to best get through school, and it's going to include debt, studentloanhero.com is your first place to start. That's studentloanhero.com. I think our takeaways are, number one, don't buy the his and hers cars. And number two, on the tech outages, if you're trading, trading on big days is great. If you're an investor, I wouldn't pay attention on those days. It matters very little what day you get into the market. If you're looking at the long term, just get in. Well, if you're not familiar with Bridget Carey, you're about to be. She is a writer for CNET and host of Bridget Breaks It Down a video series examining how technology has been changing our world. Uh, she's now in New York, but she started in Miami covering tech trends, reviewing gadgets. One of my favorite videos of Bridget is her putting one of those Oculus, uh, what are those things called? Uh, OG, the uh, 3D, the um, virtual reality yeah. things. Yes. Having her cover uh, virtual reality devices. What I love about Bridget's bio the most is she ends it by saying, why journalism? Because she was born 150 years too early to join the Starfleet, <laughs> which is all you need to know about Bridget Carey. Here she comes telling us what tech is hot this year and what we probably want to avoid. Let them work the bugs out. Bridget Carey. And on my dad's shortwave radio, it's her good friend, Bridget Carey. Bridget, how many years have we, I was trying to figure out how many years we've done this. It's been six, seven. Oh man. And then this year is like, it's all five years. So <laughs> it, it, it feels we, like we've been it, at this for a decade. <laughs> it feels like it's been five years since I talked to you last. I was telling somebody that this last weekend, a year ago, I was at a board game convention getting my nerd on, which I do like once every other year. But it feels like it was five years ago. Remember, we used to all get together, Bridget? In the before times. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has that changed the game, by the way? I, it has to have changed the game this year for holiday tech, right? And for these tech companies, I mean, people spending so much time at home. What are you seeing deal-wise out there and technology-wise? 
it's changed definitely how people are buying different products. Obviously, everyone wants extra laptops for homeschooling. And I personally am one of these people who are buying things that I wouldn't normally buy. Like I bought a printer this year. Wow. I used to work in an office. I didn't need my own printer. <laughs> but it's also, I'm using tech differently. Like right before the shutdown happened, I bought this great pair of noise-canceling headphones for the subway. Uh-huh. Okay, so so that okay that, that's going to go in a corner uh, because what I'm using now more are Bluetooth earbuds. I just got this great pair from Beats. They're Powerbeats Pro. I can have one ear in while my Zoom meeting's going on. The other ear can be free to make sure the kids aren't burning down the house. <laughs> so you end up needing tech to kind of adjust to this whole you know world we have to adapt in now, just a little differently. And the problem, though, with how much demand everyone has for, for webcams and other kinds of ergonomic things for the house, you're seeing some prices go up. It's very hard to buy a Chromebook oh. right now. And things that are normally cheap are just being sold for more when it comes to laptops. So you're not going to find great deals there. But because we are in Black Friday season, you are going to see some good deals on smart speakers. Things people want to just, you know, kind of upgrade their home with are still going to be on sale. It might be hard to always get it in time. I think that's the struggle because of supply issues. But at least there are still some good sales for useful things. Man, I don't know where to start because in that one answer, you covered earbuds, smart speakers, <laughs> laptops. I was thinking about TVs. When you talk about supply, of course, I think about the PlayStation Xbox bundle. I'm seeing memes uh, about being mean to people and taking an empty box and putting stuff in it, which is horrible. Uh, you, you, you want to talk about games? Games are seeing a huge surge because of you know we're looking at new kinds of entertainment and televisions. I never cared for the biggest and greatest TV, even though like that's all CNET writes about all the time. And now I just bought the biggest and greatest TV because <laughs> that's my that's my world now. That's my entertainment. But game systems are going to be so hard to come by. I know everyone in my life is trying to pre-order a video game system. If you are looking to walk into a store and find one of the new Xbox or PlayStation <laughs> 5s, that's not really going to happen. Yeah. So um, in fact, the manufacturers have said, you know, they are going to be fulfilling online orders and not really stocking shelves. So it's a lot of watching online to see if you can get that pre-order in. I know there's been talk of like, if you pre-order now, will you even get it in time for the holidays? Yeah. So kind of just be aware it's going to be a challenge. But I know there's great deals on the Nintendo Switch. That's been a hot item this whole time, this whole year. So everyone's looking at home for new video game opportunities. Uh, you can get creative. If you can't get a game system, get a subscription to something like Apple Arcade, where you could still play games on your television or on your you know, tablet with the family. You know, there, There's a lot of different entertainment options for gifting because we're all trying to get creative in that realm right now. And I know that people want to probably upgrade their televisions because, you know, it's our main entertainment right now. Yeah. So every time I see a deal on a TV, it goes quickly online. That's something that's going to be hard to hunt for, but it will be a hot item. I got to tell you uh, that I bought uh, two TVs because we just moved and had sold most of our stuff, not knowing where the heck we were going earlier this summer. Long story, Bridget, I'll fill you in later. But the, the, the TV systems themselves just have, I bought two Samsung TVs and I just, even when you turn them on, the type of smart technology new TVs have now, it's a whole new world in televisions, I feel like. Oh yeah. People are looking to also 
upgrade when you have these video game systems coming out with the new Xbox and PlayStation, they're able to produce visual content that is so rich that not every TV can really take advantage of it. Like, uh, so people might be looking for these really smart OLEDs and they go crazy expensive. I mean, the best one from LG, you're going to be paying $1,500 unless you get it on sale. But I have a TV that has all this voice stuff. I just turned that off. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> it, it's actually incredible how how smart these remotes are because my kid, I, uh, he's one and a half. Uh, I gave him the remote. I'm like, sure, kid, have fun. Within two seconds, he's about to order something on the home shopping network. Oh. I don't even know how that happens. But yeah, you got to be careful with all the smart features. I'm like, I'm like diving over the couch. No, <laughs> don't buy the jewelry. <laughs> don't hit okay. That brings up a great question, which is when it comes to tech, televisions. I ignored the OLED TVs because I couldn't, you know, obviously the price on, on this technology, which is apparently just beautiful technology was out of my price range. But like any new technology, Bridget, if we wait on that this year and buy it next year, are we going to see a significant price decrease over time? Or is that just the technology is what it is and that price is going to stay high? Because of the high demand, I think the price isn't going to drop that much. They always hear, oh, sure, you know, wait a little while and the price goes down because every year there's a new model. But I think you can find some great quality televisions that maybe aren't top of the line OLED, uh, but are much more affordable. And your eye can't really always tell the difference. Uh, We have some reviews up online of televisions that side by side they're so close and they're like really high value and our reviewer like has said they have what you want to look for in a tv is good black values like when it, when black really looks black and oled is the best at that and you're going to pay for that uh, bottom line because you know it's just right now hard to supply the demand right now because people just want to upgrade their entertainment at home i know i'm one of those people i never cared about this stuff and now i'm one, like yep i want my I want my home theater, you know, well, <laughs> and I'm glad, but, but I'm glad I went and looked at some of your reviews first because there were a couple of televisions that were really marked down. And what I found out was that these TVs, one was a Toshiba model was, was very underpowered and people would unbox it. It would look great at first. And then within a few days or a few weeks, it would start having problems because whatever CPU, the smart stuff they have inside wasn't enough. What, what do you really need to look out for to make sure that you don't get ripped off by what you think is a good deal this year, Bridget? It is so easy to want to hit that put in my cart trigger when you see a good deal because it always sells out so quickly. So yeah, yeah. I would do my homework ahead of time. I would know, all right, what are the three things I want in a TV that are really important to me? What am I, because when you see that deal, you have minutes to jump on it, right? And you don't want to be doing your homework while it's in the shopping cart, you know? So I would definitely look at our reviews only because it's so complicated. We have special tools <laughs> to like look at like the quality of TV because I like you ask me, I'm like, hey, it looks the same to me. Best Buy, they all look great. I just walk in the store, you know, but yeah, you need to know all these little nuances. And I, I think it's a matter of um, how many bells and whistles you want on it. Do you want the Roku uh, power inside the TV? Uh, a lot of great Roku TVs right now are reliable. And uh, you may think a Roku TV, but they actually end up being our best rated TVs, uh, even though they're a cheaper brand. So it takes doing the homework to know maybe that off name is actually pretty good. Sometimes mm-hmm. you you can't just judge it on like, oh, well, I guess it's good because it's a Samsung. I'm right. sure yeah, you're, you're not going to go too wrong, you know, but 
maybe you want to do your homework ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the smart home for a minute, Bridget. I, in our quest to buy things for our new house, we were going to buy a refrigerator. We always go into the ding and dent section because there are dings in the back of a refrigerator that I don't care about. But I noticed so many refrigerators in the clearance section that had a screen on the front. And I remember you and I talking about this a couple of years ago, you saying this is a technology that nobody really wants and refrigerator people for whatever think I want to watch TV while I'm grabbing the eggs. Is there any smart home stuff that's really cool this year that's new out that we might want to take a look at? You know, I'm talking about a TV in the kitchen. Maybe I'm not watching it on my fridge, <laughs> but people are starting to move in that realm where you have the smart speaker meets tablet hybrid, uh, where, uh, for example, it's called the Echo Show Amazon sells. It's like a little screen that just props up on your kitchen, the counter. You can put it anywhere in the house. People tend to put it in the kitchen. And uh, it, it does all the things that a smart speaker does. But it also has a screen for when you want a video chat or when you want to get that YouTube recipe for how to make the turkey and, you know, whatever it is, you know. So I think people are kind of leaning into something they have a little more control over than like putting tech into every single appliance. But if you have something like the Echo Show, I know um, I, I know it's actually on sale right now for this Black Friday little season. It's half off. It's forty five dollars. Wow. OK. And that's the, one of the new ones. When it comes to working out, I watched a video you did a couple of months ago with, it, it, it looks like Bridget Peloton has some, has some competition because you were on a rowing machine that uh, looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. We are seeing so many different aspects of that, like bring the gym inside your house in a new way. So there are um, uh, rowing machines that kind of turn it into a game with other people where you can uh like I, I had a rowing machine before the pandemic, but it was just like a wooden water one. And I could put a tablet on top and I could hook it up to a subscription service where I can pay a monthly fee and, and go to a virtual gym and, you know, get cheered on, you know, but some of them take it up a step and actually make it competitive. That's what kind of works for me more, you know, because if it's just me, I'm like, I don't need to turn that thing on and just look, <laughs> look at, oh, great. You know, I'm, I don't know how I compare. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But the more you pay, the more kind of, you know, guidance and coaching. There's there, there's some that are really out there and expensive and beautiful. But I saw even Bowflex had a bike that can essentially swivel. So it's a bike in your house, but you can lean left and lean oh, right. Like you're, taking, like you're taking curves, you know, all the more ab work, right? You know, but there's a lot of competition ever since Peloton came out on things you can do. And even Apple's, you know, they're, they're going to be having soon this, this little service. Look for ones that you think can help you get motivated because they all sound cool, but how much are they like competitive? Can you, you know, be there in a live class or do you not care about the live class? Maybe you want to save a little money, you know, kind of feel it out because they're all a little different, all these online classes. And, and you can smarten up a, a non-smart machine. You don't need to have all these smart machines. Like I had the wooden rowing machine and I could just, you know, put on an Apple watch. It can track my heart rate and connect to the app in the class. And it'll at least keep track of some basics if I want to. So you know, get a range for what you're really looking for and how much it's worth. Cause these subscription services can be like 30, $40 a month. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine that just got a Peloton and like everybody else who owns a Peloton absolutely loves it. But when he told me about the subscription, I feel like that's where they make the profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is one rowing machine I really had my eyes on. 
it was called the hydro. And I was like, oh, this thing is cool. Live feeds of people rowing on the water in Miami. I'm like, yes, I want to be in the tropics, you know. And then if you don't subscribe, the thing turns into a brick. And I'm oh. like, are you kidding me? Like, 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 I want to be able to use, if you don't have the internet on, it won't work. So you got to watch for all these little nuanced things before you get caught up in some of the cool stuff. You have children at home, so I'll bet that you have very quickly become an expert on smart toys. Any hotness there this year? The trend this year has really become toys to get kids thinking smart, keeping them busy while mom and dad are working, and not just passively watching a tablet screen. Because I think everyone's worry right now is, wow, we're giving our kids too much screen time to survive. How can we keep them engaged and not turn them into screen zombies? So there's a lot of fun things in the tech realm I've seen that are good for little ones, gets them off the screen, but still creative. Uh, There's one called uh, the three doodler, uh, the number three in the word doodler. It basically is a 3D printing pen. Like you can draw with 3D plastic. It like heats up the plastic, but not too hot. You can put it on your skin and it won't burn the kids. And they can make in the air like little plastic figures and stuff and use molds. Uh, I think that's I think that's really good. You want to look for things that are kind of like touching into the STEM world to get them thinking about programming. Sometimes when it comes to STEM toys, it's hard to know how much of this is going to involve mom and dad doing everything, <laughs> how much of it is going to be good. There's one called Circuit uh, or Circuit Explorer. Yeah, Circuit Explorer. It's brand new. Think of the way Legos work, but you'll get this little kit and you can make a spaceship and it tells you what things to connect to make the lights turn on, to make um, something move. And then they can kind of take it and get more creative by connecting pieces that maybe aren't in the instructions to make their own mishmash thing to make a light turn on or something. And then it also works with actual Legos. So they have little, you know, dots on them to expand it. So I like that. I have a daughter who's four. It's meant for six-year-olds and she got it. I was like, all right, great. Now, you know, now we're cooking with STEM and I don't have to worry about it breaking or anything. Speaking of breaking, in the past, you've had a few toys sometimes, some years that were just junk and that we should maybe avoid. Anything we need to avoid this year? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) There's always things that you look at it when you're getting pitched and you're like, hmm, this seems like a mess. Swing and a miss. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Let's see. Toys that uh, I would avoid... I'm never a fan of all this slime stuff because I'm just like, uh, we, when we are working parents, it's just more mess than, than is worth on the entertainment. But tech wise, it's funny. There's always at toy fair, some robots that kind of are like, this seems not really it. And because of the pandemic, a lot of things haven't come out. Things that I got pitched just were kind of like put off to the side but we know what has come out. There's a lot of Tamagotchis are back. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? I, I was kind of surprised how, how much we're seeing like old school retro stuff. Like I'm seeing light brights come back in a new high tech way where it still has the pegs, but it's not as bulky. I'm seeing lots of Tamagotchis things. Uh, so go with your gut, you know, go with the thing that like you liked as a kid. They, they, they're remaking it. I mean, there's like now robotic care bears that are like talking about your feelings while you squeeze them. So it's like, okay, great. You know, the eighties and nineties are back, you know, so you don't have to worry about thinking too hard about toys this year. <laughs> Last thing, anything, and let's widen it, I guess. Anything super hot that we should pay attention to this year or might want to track this year or anything that is super not Bridget that we really need to watch out for? 
you always hear every year deals on smartwatches and fitness trackers. I think people are really looking to that closer this year because we're all thinking about our health more. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that being a hotter gift and just things in general to make your to, to make your life easier when you're working from home, whether it's Bluetooth earpieces or you know, livening up your coffee machine with something better because our, our, our kitchens become our break room. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but I would say be careful though about just jumping on something because it was this year's new release. For example, Apple AirPods pro normal price is $250. Uh, there are many that are better in ear, you know, noise canceling earbuds, it doesn't mean, I know people love Apple. Sometimes they just want to be in that ecosystem. I get that. But think twice before just grabbing something because it's Apple. You know, Sony makes wireless earbuds that have good noise reduction. And there's a lot of no-name brands. Uh, one's called MPOW. Don't know what that is, but our reviewer says it's great and it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> and be careful about accessories. I would save the accessories like your your cords, your extra cases, those are not going on sale. And, and I would save those for when you get the gift card to spend after the holidays. But it's just, it's just a shame that demand is so high for things like laptops and Chromebooks that I don't think you're going to get a good deal right now on them. Uh, so try to get creative. There are also some things you could find for gifts that are practical that aren't typical this year. I would never give someone a mesh network <laughs> as, <laughs> as a gift. But I saw the sale for this company called Eero. Uh, it's, it's basically something that blankets your home and Wi-Fi when you got like everyone in the house trying to be on the internet at once. But you know, you have some weak spots depending on how your house is built and where the Wi-Fi router is. Everyone's gobbling up mesh networks to strengthen their Wi-Fi signal in their house. So you know, that, 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 it's not the most exciting gift under the tree, but for sure, like, like there are some creative, useful things out there this year. I was thinking though, Bridget, it can be a great gift because just tell the family, this is what keeps everybody online, right? This is what <laughs> keeps you going. In fact, it's funny. We're on mom's Eero network right now. It's super easy to use. I really, I, I really like that system. It is a nice system, but you're right. Not something that lights people up when they see it under the tree or, or wherever. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about the back-end tech stuff, right? You know, there's got to be some magic keeping it all going. <laughs> Ooh, a router. Thank you very much. Yeah, but then, right. yeah, but if you're going to do that, make sure you still get the Switch or the Nintendo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like a one-two punch. Man, you guys obviously at CNET, you're always busy, even though you're all working from home right now. I just can't imagine juggling everything that you guys do. What types of things are you working on now, Bridget? Um. The juggle and the struggle is is real. <laughs> I, I I mentioned I have I have two kids. I incorporate them in my videos. I just did a roundup of um, good gifts for working from home, and I had my kids guest star in the whole thing um, <laughs> because. It, it, but, but there's also just a lot of things people are looking at now to better themselves. Uh, one review I'm working on that's uh, very interesting. It's a piano a small keyboard, if you will, that kind of sits on your lap. It has two octaves and it teaches you music, just like how the Peloton teaches you how to work out uh, through a video and the keys light up like a rainbow. It's called the Lumi and it is fascinating. So I am kind of excited to look into these things that you normally wouldn't think of or search for, but you're seeing a lot of innovation that is having its moment because we are looking for solutions. Maybe we're not going to the piano teacher, but you want to kind of step up your game, whether you know piano already or you want to start from scratch, 
this was a really cool product. L-U-M-I is what it's called. Wow. And Cheryl's one of those people not going to her piano teacher and she totally misses it. So I'm looking that up as we speak. I'll link to CNET's YouTube channel and to CNET.com. Bridget, have a great holiday season. Thanks for helping us all have a great holiday season again. I really appreciate it. Same to you. It was great talking to you, Joe. Hey, trivia fans. I'm your techie pal, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. All this talk about TV and video games and household gadgets has me really thinking about my priorities. Now the idea of getting Joe's mom a mixing bowl just doesn't seem like the right move. I think I need to go big. You know, think real big, like flat screen TV big. Which brings us to today's trivia. When you're looking at these new TVs out there, what the heck does OLED actually stand for? I'll be back sooner than you can sneak some pumpkin pie just a day early. When you're investing for the future, you want to look at assets that historically have beaten inflation, and that means stocks and real estate. And there's also another asset class, which historically I've poo-pooed because of the fact poo-pooed. Do you like that phrase, OG? Fancy. That's a fancy word. I got that one right from mom. I I poo-pooed it. Because buying art was something that the ultra wealthy could do. You certainly don't want to tie up a bunch of your net worth in a painting. And who the hell knows what art's worth stuff and what art isn't? Well, with Masterworks, first of all, with some changes to the rules on investing, and then second, because of Masterworks, the game has changed now. Now you can invest in blue chip art. An asset class that from 2000 to 2018 outperformed the S&P by 180%. Doesn't mean it's always going to do that, but it does mean that it is an asset class that historically has beaten inflation over long periods of time, which is what you need. Just a few years ago, a single work sold for $450 million. With Masterworks, they take a popular painting, one historically maybe by somebody like Banksy or Andy Warhol, You own a fraction of that painting. And then instead of wasting your day trading stocks and hoping to make a few dollars, now you've become an investor in something that historically has done very well. Masterworks.io is an exclusive platform, makes it as easy as trading stocks online. The best part is you also don't need to know anything about art. Their experts will create a custom portfolio to meet your investment needs In fact, the founders are serial entrepreneurs who have founded over a dozen companies valued at over a billion dollars, and their CEO, Scott Lynn, has an internationally recognized top 100 personal art collection himself. So these people know art that is valuable. With masterworks.io, you don't have to choose between big risks and big returns. Sign up today with promo code SB. You'll skip the 25,000-person wait list to get first dibs. That's promo code SB when you go to masterworks.io. Hurry, this offer expires soon. See important information at masterworks.io forward slash disclaimer. Hey, if you pay off your credit cards every month like you should, want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. And how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. 
Stackers. I'm your friendly neighborhood pal, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. So as I've been looking into all this hot, hot tech, I've got some great ideas. Have you seen that new Xbox? I think I'll join a sweepstakes to get Joe one. But between us, that's just so I can play the new Assassin's Creed game for OG. Uh, Let's see, let's see. Oh yeah, that guy still needs a lawnmower, so no new tech for you, OG. And last but not least, for Joe's mom, what pairs well with an Xbox better than one of those new OLED TVs? Speaking of, let's get back to today's trivia. Since I'll be getting Joe's mom an OLED TV, what does that acronym stand for? Good for you, you techie, if you knew this one. It stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode. OLED tech is designed to make the blacks stand out more and give more contrast to the screen. Plus, even if you sit at an angle, the view is much better. Critics say, though, that these TVs may need to be replaced more often, which means more moolah out of your pocket. I need to remember all this stuff since I'll be watching one any day now. See ya! Organic for the win. Hmm. You buying an OLED TV? I don't believe in organic anything, <laughs> especially in my TVs. When you're when you do grocery it's, shopping, it, you know it's like, would you like these organic Pass. avocados or the regular avocados? Like the regular is just you know. I want mine full of pesticides. Yes. So if I could have my TV full of chemicals and things that'll generally kill me. I'll Bridget forgot it. to bring that up, that that's the reason why the price jumps. It's 2,500 because it's organic. You know, yeah. you buy another TV for 500 bucks, but you're getting the organic one for 2,500. It's a premium to not have pesticides in your TV. Hashtag. There's no flavor. That's the problem. <laughs> Hashtag science. Oh, that's great. Big thanks to Bridget for another fun, uh, fun segment. I always know that tomorrow is Thanksgiving when Bridget's here. Board games coming out. I've already got the stack OG over here. Learning the, learning the rules on some new ones. Check out this one. I got this guy sitting right here. Food truck champion. Everybody in the game owns a food truck. Uh, and I started learning the rules and I thought, I thought because it's food trucks, it'd be this nice light game. And then I went and looked it up on board game geek and it appears that this game is kind of complicated, even though it's in this little tiny box with the neat, you know, cartoony art. So anyway, want to come over and, uh, pretend you own a food truck tomorrow. No. <laughs> wow. That was fast. <laughs> that was, it was, it was very fast. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you, OG, you value first. Family and time. I'm trying to remember what the real answer is. <laughs> We've only done this for how many years? I know. But I always make something up. So It is. It's your loved ones and your time. It doesn't have to be family. You can love other people. We can feel okay. the universal love. And... Because on days like tomorrow, you want to spend time with them and not filling out ridiculous life insurance applications. That's why they make things very simple at Haven Life. Their prices are affordable. Policies issued by the parent company, Mass Mutual. Application is super easy. All online, you'll get an instant coverage decision. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. Man, what a great week to get your life insurance in order, by the way. There's a gift. Before you start gorging on your on your food. Before you get the cholesterol test. Yes. 
precisely. I know we quote, uh, I know we quote comedians a fair amount, but I think this is probably, this is probably good for uh, tomorrow. I love when I encounter people that are eating more unhealthy than me. I was back in Indiana, walking around the Kmart in our town, or as we called it, the mall. <laughs> I saw this guy in the Kmart. He was probably about seventy. He was doing some shopping. He was drinking something too, and I noticed later on he was drinking a cup of KFC gravy. <laughs> and you know, I love gravy too. But I've never considered a beverage. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be at the doctor with this guy? Hey, how you doing there, Mr. Jones? I'm your doctor. I got your cholesterol here. Okay. You're where your blood's not moving. <laughs> okay, this is kind of a strange question. Um, you haven't been drinking gravy, have you? <laughs> Get the, like 90% meat byproduct. Get, get that Haven life test right now before you go drinking your gravy, OG. That, of course, is a comedian Jim Gaffigan with one of my favorites around this time of year. Uh, today, let's throw out the Haven lifeline to our friend August. Say hi, August. Hi, Joe and OG. This is August from Seattle. I have a question about disability insurance. This may be applicable to your one other listener, too. I work in investment management. I work a desk job where I don't need to spend time standing or lifting heavy objects, and I don't need to do anything dexterous with my hands, aside from typing. The only things I need to do are think and use a computer. So, here's my question. Do I need own occupation disability insurance? Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Awesome question, August. And one, I have to tell you, when I was a financial planner, OG, this was the type of question I got all the time. I understand some people need disability insurance. Fairly certain it's not for me. Right. Here's the thing. When you're talking about disability insurance, you're talking about getting paid if something bad happens and you can't work for an extended period of time. And in all likelihood, you you probably have group coverage through work. If you work for a big company, you have something through them. I think it's important to recognize that even if something, you know, catastrophic happens, you're probably going to be able to put food on the table. You'll probably be able to pay the mortgage. But when you start kind of charting out your cash flow today and then compare that to what it would look like if you were just relying on your group coverage, you'll see that there's a gap there, right? That's there's some some missing money. Well, the missing money is largely the amount of money that you're saving for your financial independence 20 years down the line. So you can look at, at your group coverage and say, if I've got group insurance, it's going to pay for my food and utilities and, you know, I, I'll be okay. What, what it's not going to do is it's not going to prepare me for the fact that eventually that stuff will end in my 60s, usually around 65. And so one of two things will happen. Either you'll run out at 65 disability insurance and then you won't have any money or you have to change your lifestyle between now and 65 in order to accumulate enough money so that when the disability insurance stops at 65, you've got something to live on because you're not going to be accumulating Social Security if you're not working because Social Security is is wage based. Right. So there's uh, some other shoes to drop there, I think. So when you buy individual insurance, you're kind of ensuring your ability to continue to save. That's kind of the way that I think about it. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I think about is that when you look at how a regular disability policy works, I mean, August does work where, like he said, he's using his brain. He's thinking a lot. If for some reason, OG, he can't get to work, he can't do that work for whatever reason, he can't operate a keyboard. 
if you don't have own occupation disability coverage and you can do other things, but you can't do that, the disability insurance policy can say, no, we're not paying because you can do this, this other stuff. Yeah. Stuff for which you're reasonably qualified to do. And that may be a job or that may be something that pays a whole heck of a lot less than what your current job is. And you could take this to the other extreme too, which is to say, what happens if I can do another job, but I can't do my job? In that case, your own occupation insurance would still pay you even though you can't do your job and you can do a different job. So there's some pros and cons to it. But if you're looking at individual insurance coverage and you're trying to decide whether or not to check the box of own occupation or any occupation, and those are the two boxes that you would check, look at the difference in the cost. It's not that profound. So why not have the thing that has, I mean, if you're going to buy it anyway, buy the one that has the better coverage protection to it. That's what I would say. The thing that I thought when August started talking, I thought he was just challenging his need for disability insurance altogether. But I see it's really the own occupation piece. I think that he's worried about, but I'll tell you the type of disability coverage I wouldn't have if I were you because of the type of work that you have that I see people buy all the time. And I'm sure you do too, OG, because it's cheap is accidental death and dismemberment coverage. If you're working in a job where you might lose a limb, lose an eye, have some issue where you could be maimed, that might be a great type of coverage. But I will see people forego disability insurance and they'll buy accidental death and dismemberment because, heck, I, hey, if I have a disability, it's probably because I got in an accident. And they look at the price tag difference between the two of them and they think, OK, I'm going to buy the cheaper one instead. I would much rather have good disability coverage and good life insurance and skip the accidental death and dismemberment if I have a desk job like August does. Uh, that's an insurance that a lot of people really don't need. I agree. And a lot of disability coverages include a provision for a lump sum payout if something like that happens, if you get some sort of limb loss or something. And uh, they also have provisions. A lot of them have provisions for assumed disability, which means like if you lose you know, three fingers on one hand, they assume that you're disabled, even if you're, you know, really not that, you you know, you qualify based under that assumption. Some morbid, very morbid humor is that I used to tell clients that loaded up an accidental death and dismemberment, having the thinking I talked about earlier was, well, with this coverage, Bill, if you feel a heart attack coming on, just make sure you run out in the street and, <laughs> and get hit by a truck so that Martha gets her payday, you know? Do not yeah. die from the heart attack. Make sure that the truck kills you. For, the coroner has to prove that the truck killed you first. Exactly. For that to pay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Funny, not yeah. funny. All wrapped yeah. into one. Yes. But watch your fingers when you're cutting the turkey tomorrow. <laughs> Just to be safe. <laughs> Safety tip. You heard it here first. Use goggles. I got to get that old uh, NBC, the more you know, like added to the board oh, here. You know, board, the little yeah. stars coming across the sky. Every time OG says something like that. And now you know the rest <laughs> of the story. So fun. Uh, you may hear those in the future. Thanks, August, for uh, hanging out with us, for asking a really great question that I think more people need to ask. If you've got a question, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. We're going to send August a Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt because he was brave enough to ask the question. But see how easy it was? If you've got a phone... Just pull that up on the browser. You've got your microphone, obviously, because you use the phone. Uh, if your computer has a microphone, you're all set. You can also, by the way, send us an email if you feel more comfortable doing that. 
And we've been getting more emails again lately, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. In fact, I think stackingbenjamins.com and you'll see a contact us area there. Click on that and you can send us an email question instead. No t-shirt for that one, but we're very happy to help you do better with your money, to help you do better with your money than you did yesterday. All right. Lots of people to thank. I'm going to let Doug thank our guests today, but on a day before Thanksgiving, OG, I think it's appropriate that you and I thank uh, the people that spend their time hanging out with us. You know, we had uh, the Harvard researcher, Ashley Willens on recently talking about how a lot of people, especially in a community like ours, value their money very much, but they don't value their time high enough. And we want to value your time. So thanks for choosing to spend it with us. Uh, We really appreciate that the day before Thanksgiving. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da. I'll say all the stuff. You you say, yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) Also, uh, thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this year podcast. Mom has this review today on the fridge. Five stars from Tommy JPG. Give Gertrude a raise. Our friend Gertrude, who's mom's friend and the room mom down at our basement Facebook group. If you want financial pundits yelling at you for an hour, three times a week, you've come to the wrong place. Joe and OG casually give sage advice about personal finance and the comfort of Joe's mom's basement. However, the real star is Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, who lights up the show with this spectacular trivia. You won't learn anything, but you'll be a lot better off for listening. Mom is uh, thankful for that one, among others. If you can tell people what you like about the show by leaving a review, that's great. You know, it's even better than a review. Uh, Tell people that need to hear the show that this might be a good way to start on your money journey. All right, that's going to do it for today, guys. Thanks so much. Doug, you've got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Yep, sure thing, Joe. I'll give you a hand. Hey, everybody, here's what you should have learned. First, take a lesson from our headlines. Take some advice from Carl Brower from iccars.com. Buying a car? Check out resale value so that you'll get more for it when you're ready to move on. Can't believe the El Camino wasn't on that list. Hashtag rigged. Second, take a lesson from Bridget Carey. Want to buy fancy tech? You can usually save big dineros by finding the right deals. But read the reviews at places like CNET first so you don't end up with a deal that really is just a way to get rid of stuff that doesn't work well. But the big takeaway... Looking at the price of those TVs I thought about buying reminds me of Joe's mom saying, she says, Doug, it's the thought that counts. In fact, if I hurry, I might be able to put a lot of thought and pick some flowers in the backyard before winter hits, throw in a few pretty leaves, and that lady's got a beautiful bouquet. Special thanks to Bridget Carey for joining Joe today. You can find out more about Bridget at her YouTube channel at CNET. We'll also have a link to all her great ideas and reviews on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Also, thanks to Carl Brower for joining us. Buying a car? Head to iccars.com for some good help like we got today from Carl. This show is created by Joe Saul Seahigh. Produced by Taylor Stevens and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or 
on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I swear the worst part about coming over to Joe's mom's house is having to put on pants. SB Podcast may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. So you using your fantastic get out of uh, Thanksgiving trick this year? No, we actually like hosting Thanksgiving. So you're not going to do the, you know, if you get sick of the family to show up at Thanksgiving dinner and go, Hey, about that election. Well, it's just me. So, <laughs> you know, kids don't care. Oh, I thought, well, you, that's right. You don't have extended family coming this year. Yeah. No, no. Awfully quiet. No. But when you suggested that last year. I have tons of wine. So if anybody does want to come by, <laughs> you do have tons. Of most people, most people like do the Costco trip where they have, uh, you know, get mm -hmm. a pallet of ketchup. You get a pallet of wine delivered to your house. Yeah. Several times, apparently. And the FedEx guy's like, so I can pull this around back. Right. I don't have to go through. I don't have to carry all these boxes up the stairs. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And I have to order them directly from the winery because if you did that stuff from Kroger, they'd send the police to make sure they do like a well visit. Right. If you ordered like 50 bottles of wine from Kroger. Right. Exactly. How many people are over at your house here. OG. Right. And you're like, no, it's just me. Exactly. Just, just, just me and my liver. Just yep. going to spend some time, spend some time together. Did you see that uh, thing I texted you? You know, we talk about bad financial advisors. Did you see that thing I texted you? I did. This was, this was How terrible. This news, huh? horrible. This is very close to you too. And yeah. boy, just as an aside, I'm looking at the picture. This is from the Carrollton police charged 48 year old Keith Ashley of Allen with murder for the shooting death of 62 year old Jim Segan of Carrollton um, gunshot wound to the head. Apparently this quote financial advisor would periodically come over to the house and would chat with, with, with Jim but he's been trying to kind of wrestle money from him. And they've also figured out that he has uh, made lots of people victims of a Ponzi scheme he have. But I'll tell you, looking at the looking at the police picture here of Mr. Ashley, I don't know anything that happened, but would you trust that guy? Yeah, they cut him on a bad hair day. I think they did. Probably at four in the morning. Police don't tend to show up when you're all, you know, put together and ready to go. They want to, they want to have a little element of surprise. I'm just talking about the look on his face. Yeah. Yeah. 
He mis- tried to stage it to make it look like a suicide. Which, uh, uh, <laughs> what an ass! Just well, not it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I mean, I feel bad for this guy's whole family. I mean, not just him trusting this person, right? Hey, it's my financial advisor. Bam, shoots me in the head. Types out a suicide note for me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Don't do you think that it, it, this doesn't get into details? Do you think there was like a life insurance policy and it was past the two year suicide exclusion? Is that why? Uh, no, probably was just, uh, like, you know, he needed to, he needed another person for his uh, Ponzi scheme to keep going. And he said it was an attempt to gain control of his finances. Yeah. Man. Like if you shoot me, how do you, how do you take control of my finances? Sweet talk. Sweet Cheryl. talk, Cheryl. <laughs> Yo. Like, Hey, you know who's in charge of the money now? <laughs> now that Joe's gone. She'll be like, you can have all the stack of Benjamin's <laughs> money you want. <laughs> you have the whole pot over there. Well, He's oh, wait a minute. it for 10 years. <laughs> That's right. There's that, a pot over uh, there in that, that room. change jar. You walk over there like, wait a minute. There's only a toilet in that room. Yes. Correct. Like the, the Jimmy John's cup that has all the quarters and nickels and dimes in it. It's like, oh, Joe puts a stack of Benjamin's money in the, in the, in the jar. What's your favorite part of tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm a real fan of pumpkin pie. I'll be honest. Like if we're just talking about like food and stuff, it's going to be boring as hell because nobody's going to be around. My kids will just play Xbox all day. Talk about rubbing salt in the wound, by the way. You continually bring up this pumpkin pie thing. Yeah, you don't like it. And then you look at me the height. It's more for me. I don't, I don't, I'm not even offended by it. The question was pumpkin or apple. And when Cheryl said apple, your head spun around. We yeah, talked about sense. this on Monday, didn't we? Uh, head spun around and you're like, you don't like pumpkin? And we're like, whoa, 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 easy, OG. Like you were coming across the table at us. Yeah. Grabbing my shirt. The waiter comes by. He's like, calm down, dude. He's like, no, Joe doesn't <laughs> like. Right, you're exaggerating a smidge now. Pumpkin pie. Uh, you know, it'll be some good football on. Uh, that'll, not, that'll be fun. You're not talking about the Detroit Lions, are you? That's not good football. Oh. Oh, isn't there usually, oh, I guess over the weekend there's and Dallas isn't good football. Maybe that is is Texas playing on uh, on Thanksgiving. If, I don't know. I mean, there's so much. It's crazy. I don't know. So it's, many it's, so many games are uh, postponed now. I will uh, put my smiley face on and I, enjoy that. I will scream at the TV like I do every time. The lines will be up in the fourth quarter. There is no lead safe for the Lions defense, is it? Last last week. Last week it was like 26 to three. And my wife goes, you think the Lions will hold on this time? I go, no, I don't. I mean, they won in overtime with a field goal, right? Or won at the buzzer yeah. of the field. Goal. Yeah. Nick and I went out golfing and as we're going out golfing, they have that big lead. And I said, they're going to blow it, Nick. And we get around to like the eighth or ninth hole and the other team pulls into a tie with them. Yeah. And I said, see, they blew it. Told you. And then the Lions kick that field goal that you're talking about, OG. They're celebrating at the 50-yard line because they narrowly won a game that they should have. Should they're have. up by three three touchdowns. Oh, and they're celebrating at the 50-yard line like they just won the Super Bowl because they actually won a game that they should We're have won. We're three and eight. We're three and eight. <laughs> well, they're only, they're only what, four and five. So easy on that. Sorry. They're four and five, man. If they run the table the rest of the year, they can still make the playoffs. Okay. Living the dream here, pal. Best of luck to you.
Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.